Hello, everyone. Welcome to the first Improper Politics podcast. My name is Alex Ham, and I'm here alongside with Chris Steele. Chris, say hi. Hello, everybody. So uh, we are both new to podcasting, but uh, we decided that uh, we're going to start using our afternoons wisely. Afternoons, aka after work. Uh, basically, I'm a marketing guy, and Chris is a construction guy, and we got this idea um, based upon our nightly routine of watching politics on the news and Reds baseball, and you know, when the Reds aren't that great, uh, you kind of want something else to do. And you know, we like to uh, talk about the the latest and greatest Hillary Clinton mess up mess ups of the day. So it kind of all spiraled into this podcast. Yeah. So just kind of diving into it, we're both young professionals from UK. Uh, we're both. Uh, I would would you say you're a conservative? Yeah. I think that's that's I would fair. Say that's fair. Yeah, I would say that's fair. Well, we decided we needed something to occupy our time rather than sit there and watch listen to people talk about Hillary nonstop or the Donald Trump finanza. We decided we're going to spend our own time on what we think is important. Obviously, we're going to we're going to cover some of the Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton stuff because they're the two frontrunners of the parties. But uh, we're going to dive into some other stuff too that we think is important um, to uh, to talk about. So, Ham, how'd you come up with the idea of improper politics? Well, basically. I think that there's too many people in the world that are afraid to speak their minds, and I think America's become a little soft. And people always want to be politically correct nowadays. And you know, the way you and I talk about our politics is just very straightforward to the point. And you know, it's it's kind of that improper feel to it because there's such a thing as proper politics nowadays. And we decided that hey, let's be improper. Let's hold nothing back. Let's you know, maybe we say things that quote-unquote are controversial, but like in whose eyes is that controversial, you know? Yeah. So basically we're going to try to keep it clean and kind of fun and laugh at everyone. We're going to have some sarcasm. So not everything we say is going to be taken seriously, and I, we hope that you don't take us serious at, at some points, and sometimes you know, we are trying to inform the uninformed is what we like to say. So Yeah, our, our slogan is informing the uninformed. There's just too many – there's simply too many Americans who just don't pay attention to the news and uh, and it's it's quite sad, honestly. You know, when you look at your pay stub every other week or monthly, depending on how you're paid, look at how much money the government takes from you. Whether it's uh, you know Social Security, it's uh, Medicaid, Medicare, uh, federal income tax, state income tax, local income tax. When you just go down the you know down the way, Ham and I pay between probably like twenty five, thirty percent of our paycheck. Oh yeah, no doubt goes to taxes yeah. and. To simply not pay attention to you know what's going on with with your money is is just kind of wrong. So we're here to just really make this kind of a fun fun you know laugh at some of the things that we talk about just to keep you guys informed of what your money is actually going towards. Yep. So uh, a, a few of the things that we're gonna really discuss is uh, politi- uh, politics on both sides. You know we're gonna come out and tell you up front that we're conservatives, and uh, I can speak for myself. There's no way I'm voting for a Democrat in this next election. But uh, we're going to look at both sides and, and discuss why we think, you know, why, why we believe what we believe. Uh, we're going to look at the economy. You know, if you've paid attention to the stock market over the last week or so, lots of ups and downs, uh, and look at the importance of how that plays, and then anything else that we think will be entertaining. Uh, what are we going to avoid, you think? Uh, we're going to try to stay away from the religion uh, and the race battles. Um, you know, that that's just something that doesn't really it's not a super big priority uh you know to us like yeah there's the whole 
you know, religion and government and then all the racial issues that have been going on. And, you know, we just feel that that's not really something we want to get into because that's not something we really like to talk about. Um, and then, you know, the, those are touchy subjects for everyone. And, you know, we, we would like to keep this lighthearted, but also, you know, somewhat serious at the same time. So those are two really are the big, uh, the big ones we're going to, to avoid. I just, I do want to just say something though, you know, both of us, we do obviously have opinions on religion and race. And so I would, I do want to put something in here to say that these are going to affect our decisions on some of the social issues we'll, you know, we'll discuss, whether it's Planned Parenthood or gay marriage or different things down the lines. Uh, you know, our own religious beliefs and, uh, you know, view on race is going to affect these issues. So uh, do keep that in mind as, as we move. And, 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 you know, think about with an open mind, you know, when people disagree with us, uh, we don't just instantly shoot them down. Mm-hmm. It's let's, you know, let's discuss, let's discuss this, discuss this with an open mind and, uh, and take it from there. Yeah, we're, we're big, we're big proponents on, you know, keeping it, you know, not attacking the other person if we if we get some hosts on the show or some interviewees on the show and they have different views we we accept that and we want people out there to realize that you know you can have a, okay a debate disagree. you don't have to agree with what we say but you can also keep it in a uh, a demeanor that's not attacking the person or saying they're crazy or they're stupid for what they believe in so we're we're just trying to you know find that fine line of Hey, let's have an educated conversation about why you don't believe what we believe, or vice versa, and then we'll go from there. You know, we, we don't want to crush any skulls, or we don't want to go attacking people just based upon what they believe in, because that's not fair. Like, it's America. Everyone's supposed to be able to believe in what they want to believe in. So, uh, those that's definitely kind of a disclaimer we're going to plug in there. Uh, by the way, if you haven't followed us on Twitter yet, uh, go please follow us. It's I M P Politics, and that's our Twitter handle. And if you have any emails, uh, questions, that such a thing, uh, go ahead and email us at improperpolitics1776 at gmail.com. 1776, where'd that number come from? Probably uh, when the greatest country in the world was uh, founded. Yeah, guys, keep that in mind. This, you know, Ham and I both believe that we, we live in the greatest country in the world. And so I think you're going to see a lot of passion come out in these, uh, these segments. You know, we're looking for probably an hour segment or so, uh, give some, take some. Uh, but you know we we love our country. That's uh, that's why we put yeah. the time into it. Um, so we're gonna be passionate about it. But after covering all of the intro stuff, Ham, are you ready to dive into I'm the material? Ready to dive in. Let's go. Alrighty. For Let's those of this. you who who have been paying attention, uh, you you knew, you know a couple weeks ago there was uh, a a very very exciting political debate, and you know. Before we really talk about anything, I think it's important to dive into the political candidates because if you're on social media, if you're watching some of the news, you see these names thrown all over the place. Everywhere. And I think I think let's just start from the top. Let's start with the guy making the most noise, mm-hmm. Donald Trump. Yep. The real Donald he, Trump. So hit us with some. He uh you know, we like like you said earlier, uh this was for the GOP debate that happened a few uh a few weeks ago. And he's definitely leading the polls um, because he's very honest. You know, uh, Donald Trump, he's worth $10 billion and, you know, he's a businessman. Everyone knows that. He was on The Apprentice. That was his show. Um, And really, he's making the headlines now and all these controversial headlines and some of the stuff he says, you know, you can agree with, you can disagree with it. But the truth is, I think the people who like him are liking him because he's so honest different he's and different. he's different he's he's coming out of left field and um 
you know, he, he doesn't have a background in politics, which gives him an advantage. It gives him many disadvantages. But I think kind of the way I see it is that he's very, very, very honest. And in some, some ways, is he too honest? Yes, I will go ahead and say that. But the reality is, is that he has the, the balls to go out of his way to say, well, this is wrong and this is why you're wrong. And he calls people out on their BS. And I think a lot of people respect that. And no matter if he makes some, you know, controversial statements on immigration and the wall, which Chris will go into soon, it's just hard to, it's hard to beat that honesty. And I wish that there could be a candidate who wasn't as controversial, but still honest. Is that possible? I don't know. You tell me. I, it's hard. I, to me, it's hard to be honest and not controversial nowadays because everyone wants to get their panties in a bunch over the smallest things. You know, and, and looking at Trump, Ham and I spent a lot of time talking about Trump because I know, at least for myself, I, I really like the, there's, you know, for those of you who don't know, Donald Trump, the, he's not really, he's not raising any money. You know, this is all self-funded campaigning. And that's to me. That's that's something that's is really nice because he, he doesn't have to take in to consideration all the people who have donated money. And you know, as much as I'm going to tell you that how much I love Scott Walker and some of these other candidates, they they take money from you know from the Koch brothers and from other con- controversial figures. And so they you know they they do play some puppet strings onto these candidates. And that's something that is very important with Trump. And so. Uh, but you know, like like Ham was saying, he what he says and and more of the way he says it sometimes is very controversial. And one of the things that I always I always think of is if you if you picture Trump sitting down with Vladimir Vladimir Putin, uh, the leader of Russia, and having a very serious conversation, how do you think that conversation goes? You know, do you, do you think Putin looks at him and, and kind of takes him as a joke because you know sometimes he portrays himself as a joke? I don't know, but. On a much more lighter sense, Ham, if you were Donald Trump, <laughs> would you fly in Air Force One or your own plane? Can I have both? <laughs> well, you do get both. You do I'll get both. both. That's that's the perk of being president. But think, you know, he he flies around his own plane all the time. But you think Air Force One's a little bit nicer? I don't know. I've never been in either, but I would like to say that. Air Force One could be a little bit nicer, although the Trump plane probably has less security than Air Force One. True. I, didn't, but I never thought about that. if you that. think about it in terms of, I bet Air Force One is equipped for way more things like flying along in the, pl- in the air and whatever it may be. There's probably like some crazy stuff. And then in Trump's plane, he probably has like, I don't know, maybe open some, bar, maybe? some stripper poles or open <laughs> bars, whatever. I would say he would probably want to take both because why not? Why not just pick one? Why not have both? I don't know. The other, the other good. thing for those of you uh, who don't pay attention to the news as much, Trump brought a woman on stage to actually feel his hair. Yeah, and uh, we're gonna play the sound clip for you guys right now. That's pretty risky, you know. He, he, uh, as most of you probably know. His hair, it just it doesn't look like it's all there. Would you would you say that's flawless cotton from a reference from Dodgeball there? Like a white Goodman? Oh, yeah. It's got to be the hair, Cotton. That's, you know, that's definitely got to be it. Um, as we pull up this clip, uh, and, uh, you know, that hair is something else. It really, it, you know, it, it, they even are, they're even drilling Hillary Clinton on it. And she came out to say the other day, talking about her hair, you know, when people should be addressing real issues, we're sitting here talking about candidates' hair. 
And uh, it's, eh, it's quite ridiculous. But you know what? We're here to also look at some of the funny stuff. So we're going we're gonna to play this clip for you guys of Trump. Uh, he's, he's actually, for those who haven't seen it, he's actually reading the New York Times up on stage uh, and you know reading it verbatim. And then he, he actually points a woman out of the crowd who supposedly he's never met, uh, a woman from South Carolina. I think you can, you can, you can kind of hear the Southern twang. I'll, I'll let you guys decide. Um, but uh, it may be very evident that, that uh, Trump is in the South. In other words... The man of the toupee. This is on the front page of the New York Times. I don't wear a toupee. It's my hair. I swear. Come here. Come here. Come here. Come here. I'm gonna, we're gonna settle this. You know, Barbara Walters did it. Barbara Walters named me the most whatever it is of the year. Just come on up here. They're gonna let you. I just, you have to do an inspection here. This is getting crazy. This is great. Just real quick. We don't want to mess it up too much because I do use hairspray. That I said. Come, come. Is it mine? Look. It is. It is. Say it, please. Yes, I believe it is. Thank you. <laughs> and have I ever met you before? No. No, you haven't. But you're very nice. Thank you. Nice to meet you. To pay your hair there, Ham, what do you think? It's got to be the hair. I mean, the woman was, who was fairly attractive, by the way, yep. she totally, she got answer. herself a handful, that southern twang, and... Handful? It, it, whatever you can call that, a brushing, I whatever. But she got the hair, and that's all that matters. She tugged on it a little bit. Like, it's not fake. She gave so it a good tug. She gave she it did, a good She tug. definitely gave it to All right, so let's, let's look into the beliefs the of Donald Trump. They're, you know, they, they vary. They vary. You know, sometimes if you look at five years ago, his idea is a little bit different. But let's start with the most important slash non-important <laughs> issue out there. Let's build the damn fence. The, let's build it. Uh, it's, I'll let, I'll let Ham discuss. I don't know if I want go, to. Go ahead. Go ahead. Take it over. I, I just. Uh, what's, it, what's it for? Why is this such a hot topic to keep the Latino Mexican population illegal immigrants out? So do you think people should just I, run across? I don't think that, but like, is that really where we're at as a country to where building a wall that runs from California to the end of Mexico, if not further, is that really a logical thing? Is that something that really impacts our everyday lives? And I understand there's an immigration problem. I totally get that. But what, I don't understand this hot topic of the wall. Whose idea was it? Who? Where did this wall idea uh, come from? Donald. Maybe. But I think the wall's been talked about before Donald. But then everyone before Donald was like, that's stupid. Like, there's did, no way that could literally be done. I mean, at that point, why don't we just build a wall around the entire country? Well, including funny, the beaches. Funny you say just that. Just fence the whole country in. I for, don't understand. For those of you... Uh, who, who saw our Twitter account today? He, it, Trump did put something out today about about the uh, the fence around the White House and how it seems pretty secure. First off, I don't know if you remember a year ago, some guy with a knife jumped across. So, so I don't know about that. The other thing is, think about the security per you know per linear foot on that. It's that it's not even comparable. So that's you know that's Trump appealing to what we would call yeah. a very uninformed right. audience. So we're, here we are trying to uninform you, but, but I don't know if you guys have seen the numbers. Uh, they say, experts say it would be between 700 to $900 billion. That was B as in billion. That's a lot of money for a fence. And 
the one of the things I'll, you know, Ham, Ham mentioned ever. it definitely be pretty damn good. And Ham mentioned the idea of building a fence around the whole country, yeah. which I know is extremely, the extremely radical. Yeah, I don't all the not fish like on the sea. Sharks. But you know, even my my personal favorite of of Scott Walker is now kind of discussing an idea of putting a fence to the northern border. And you know, as you know, if this wall is going to be like a million feet high and two hundred feet underground, maybe it'd work. But it, it just seems kind of ridiculous. Yeah, and that's that's kind of where I come back to. It's like why why is this wall talk? Such a hot topic, and not only Donald Trump, but like you know, other candidates are starting to dip into this conversation about, well, let's build this wall, let's put a fence around the the country or that border. Like, why why is this an issue when there's a thousand other things we could talk about? That, you know, yes, the wall does it help keep America safer? I maybe. Do you think it's gonna have? Have like the type of gate where you can just push the illegals out. You know, like they can't. Come, you know, you know those like crab yeah. traps yeah, yeah, where yeah. they come in, yeah. but they can't they, go out. Exactly, it's like a raccoon that? trap. Yeah, like yeah. apparently that's like where we're at now. Is that one of the hot topics to talk build about? Build the fence. Is build the damn fence. All right, build I think it. it's. I think it's time. Just I think we, do, do we get Trump, Trump pretty well? I think we got Trump. All right, let's talk about. I've I Listen. have been. You can ask some of my good friends oh, back yeah. in Lexington. I've been a Ben Carson fan. For a long time, absolutely, and I, I'm, I'm a big Ben Carson fan. So just, just to kind of go over who he is, in case you guys aren't familiar with him, Ben Carson is a neurosurgeon from Detroit, Michigan, and I'm not sure how familiar you guys are with Detroit, Michigan. I was just looking at something the other day. It has Detroit as one of the top ten worst places to travel because of because the crime is just so high. And one of the, th- you know, when you listen to Carson, how can you dislike this guy? You know. He's so genuine and so intelligent that it practically causes his head to explode because he's just so smart in the way he talks. Doesn't know what to do. And I know a lot of my friends back home are going to make fun of me, but but uh, Ben Carson is the definition of a sharp guy, he's just the awesome. way he talks. And it's funny because you say his his head might explode, but he could probably put it back together himself. Do you think he could separate Siamese twins? Oh, he's already done that. That's right. That's right. And the other things that I'm a big fan of of Carson is he, you know, he's a huge conservative. Obviously, uh, he, he protects sec- the Second Amendment. Uh, obviously, this is a very hot topic right now, and I don't think you know everybody's going to jump to their side of of the argument of whether more guns or less guns is the right argument. Quite frankly, I don't think that's. We're not going to spend much time on this real fast, but I don't really think that's the way to look about this issue. Mm-mm. What do you think? No, I don't think so either. Um, you know, kind of like what you were saying, he he's very, very smart. And, you know, he, he has a very good head on his shoulders, um, very soft-spoken. Um, not necessarily a bad thing. I think it's okay, you know, uh, who was it that said, uh, speak softly but carry a big stick? Wasn't that Roosevelt or mm, Eisenhower, sure. maybe? One of the two. Um, but, you know... The only other downfall about uh about Ben Carson I see is his foreign policy knowledge. Uh, you know he he didn't, I don't think he really got a fair fair trial at the at the GOP debate. I think they kind of asked him some BS questions and he didn't really get taken seriously compared to the other competitors. You know um, one thing one thing I would say about Carson, and like you were talking about his foreign policy, his foreign policy is he's becoming much more informed on this, and I think this is something that. To me, I'm I'm a big fan of, of of people with honesty. You know, one of the reasons I, I do respect Trump 
is that people have attacked him for his foreign policy, you know, over the last year or so. Mm-hmm. But he's come out and said, you know, look, guys, I, you know, I'm new to political. I'm, you know, I'm a neurosurgeon. I want to get into politics, so forgive me for not really knowing a year ago. Now I've I've talked to the right, you know, the right leaders of this country who are informed in the in the military, and so. You know, he he comes out and he apologize. You know, he apologizes and he said, "Look, I didn't know a year ago. Now I've talked to the right the right people. I'm now more informed." Mm-hmm. And I think I think that's something that's pretty beneficial from a candidate. And you know what? It kind of brings up another point. Where we're at in America right now, in terms of you know people being unsatisfied you know, with, going with, this. with where point. we are, you know, is it really that big of a deal that he doesn't have experience in politics? Because you know, everyone's like, oh, we have to have some seasoned vet. We have to have someone who knows politics. Well, everything in the past, how many years has been not great? And you can't know everything. Exactly. And so what's the point of having someone who thinks they know all this political stuff and they've been around politics their whole lives? Like, is there a benefit to that? Maybe someone like Ben Carson, who has, you know, not a whole lot of previous knowledge in politics. Maybe that's what we need. Maybe America needs a fresh mind and honestly ben carson smart, i think has that, has that smart mind you know yeah. he he has the ability to come in and not necessarily learn as he goes but he will obviously have a great board of advisors he's a smart guy he's not going to pick someone on his advising team who's you know worthless and they're just there because they paid a ton of money to his campaign whatever it may be but it kind of trickles down to that whole thing you know all these all these people you know like the jeb bush and you know the scott walker and the the Rick Santorum even, these people have political backgrounds. Ben Carson doesn't have that political background. And, you know, it kind of poses that question, is that okay? Is that a bad thing? I don't know. You know, one of the things is, when, and, you know, we're going to be the first to attack President Obama on this show because neither one of us are, are huge Obama fans. But there's a lot of times that when you attack a president, it's really not his responsibility. You know, the president is always going to be the fall man because, you know, we, we know we can attack Obama because everybody reports to him. But most times, it's really not his fault. So I think this can kind of play into somebody's into somebody's favor of a candidate who's not really familiar with, a, with an issue because, you know, he, they appoint people. That's what a cabinet's right. for. You know, you have, exactly. you have almost 20 members to look at that. So, so with that... One of the, you know one of the big downsides of Carson you know we, we just saw a poll a couple minutes ago that his approval you know people his favorability is at like eighty five percent or so mm-hmm. which people said is or you know they were talking is is one of the highest ever but one of his negatives is his soft speech you know back to that same thing with Vladimir Putin you had this very soft spoken guy sitting across from a very powerful leader what do you think of that soft that soft speech. And how do you think? And, and give us some feedback out there uh, at IMP Politics, or send us an email AmericanPolitics1776 at gmail.com. What do you think, or how does that affect you as a voter, Ham? What do you think? You know, honestly, I don't mind it as much because you know, while you want your leader to be that alpha male, you know, in a sense that that you know, outgoing, can speak publicly. I don't, I don't think a lot of people are getting to see Ben Carson at its finest. You know, he has a lot of good things to say, and he knows that he's You know he's what, though? He's taking up steam. He I is. Mean, he's... You know, fun fact, we were literally just watching Fox News right now, and they just showed a poll in the latest Iowa, um, latest Iowa poll that was who would, your, who would be the, the, the number one presidential nominee, 
and Carson and Trump are tied at 23% each. That's amazing. You know, when you look and that's at that's up. I mean, that that's brand new. That just literally came out like today. Now. Today. And what, you know, I think what's amazing about that is if you look at his numbers before the uh before the debate, I think he was at, I don't know, maybe four or five percent. Yeah. If you know, people like like Ham and I, who I would consider ourselves slightly more informed than uh, a lot of people, you know, we knew who Ben Carson was. We were, you know, I've been aware of his policies for a long time and, and how he stood on things. But that debate really brought him to the next level. And I think, do you have anything else on Carson? I was just going to say, lastly, you know, if he if he somehow you know falls in the polls in the next you know year and a half. Uh, I think someone could easily pick him up yeah, as their VP sure. or even someone on their cabinet because he's just a, a, an extremely genuine person and a smart mind. And why would you not want to have someone like that on your, you could, know, heck, even your ballot or even just your, you know, could you imagine like a, a Scott a Scott Walker or Jeb Bush with with uh, Ben Carson over charge of uh, maybe the new health care bill coming right. out? You know, that I would mean, be amazing. Everybody yeah. loves this new Obamacare that's been out for a couple of years. That's that's really affected our insurance, but. <laughs> But uh, talking about candidates who took a huge step up in the debate, I you cannot, and I know there's probably a lot of a lot of people I know watched the debate, uh, watched the second debate with with all ten candidates. But the first debate, if you watched it, you learned who Carly Fiorina was. And I know this is a couple weeks ago, so people are starting to learn her name. But wow, yep, she's feisty. You know, she's got some fire to her, and you know that's that's kind of seems to be the running. Uh, the running trend with you know getting your name up there in this, especially with a race with this many candidates for the GOP. Yeah, fortunately, I had the benefit of getting off work early, and so I, I got to watch this. And Ham walked in the door, um, you know, a- after the debate had wrapped up, and I said, Ham, this this Carly Fiorina woman, you gotta you gotta look her up because she's sharp. And I, oh, yeah. I you know, my thought was, watch out. This, you know, you just, you, the way she talked, the way she felt on issues, you were like, watch out. This woman is going to pick up some major steam and look at her. In some polls, uh, she's third behind Carson and Trump. And I, you know, all three of these candidates are not politicians. Yeah. And, you know, that, you know, we are, we are highlighting, you know, three tonight uh, that are, you know, not politicians, not current politicians. Um, But I think they're worth mentioning because, you know, they have some of the business background, some of the, the science like background. Yeah, the voters like them because they're not the run-of-the-mill cookie-cutter politician who promises all these big things, and then when it comes down to it, will they really do it? You know, it's it's one of those things that I think America is starting to get tired of. And personally, I I like a curveball. I'm, I'm a huge proponent of the underdog, and I think if you can come in and make waves by going outside of the norm and, like, you know, adhering and saying the things that you need to say because you want people to like you and just kind of not really following your beliefs fully out. I, I don't know. I just, I think it's very, very interesting. And, you know, it's such an open floor right now, you know, even with Trump mania. It's, it's just, it's a hot topic. I don't know. It's it's kind of like March Madness, you know. You never know who's going to come out and pull one, pull a fast one on the number one pull, team or whoever. Exactly. You, know, you have Carly Fiorina, who was at like less than one percent before that debate, and now yeah. she's at seven or eight. Yeah, and I know? mean, even even at that minimal, you think that's a minimal increase, but like you know, over time, you know, she she has that. She was the CEO of HP. You know, she was the senior VP for AT and T. Those are two huge companies, global companies. That it's a lot of voting power just right absolutely. there. Absolutely, you know, you have people that know who she is, and heck, half you know, small population could be, you know, former employees of either of those companies, 
And, uh, you know, it, again, it kind of cycles back into, well, there, she's a business person. What's her foreign policy stuff like? All that She's jazz. got it, though. I mean, know? she has it under control. I think she has it under wraps a little bit more than Ben Carson does, and that's okay. But, you know, I think that could give her a slight edge when it comes down to to the to the battle. You know, one of the things that she always hits on whenever she's being interviewed and even during the debates, and quite frankly, I'm not sure how she has these connections, but she always mentions how she knows these political leaders. Like, mm-hmm. she's met him before. Uh, I know, you know, Benjamin Netanyahu, the, the leader of uh, Israel. She's like, I, you know, I'm a phone call away from this guy. And that's important. And I think I think that foreign policy does does trump both Trump and Carson because she knows these people and she knows how to communicate with them. Uh, and and if you if you watch the interview, I believe it was Chris Matthews with MSNBC right after the debate, man, she roasted Woo, him. She went roasted off. him. And so that was, you know, if you're a conservative Good person, if if you see Chris Matthews get thrown under the bus a little bit, it it, it doesn't hinder your day. Yeah. But fun fact. Carly Fiorina's degree. Now you can you can think it could be just about anything other than this. It's medieval history and philosophy. Now for all of you out there who have some interesting majors, this gives you potential. Oh yeah. I mean, you know, if you have a medieval history major out there, don't get discouraged because this woman was a CEO of HP and the senior VP for AT and T. Watch out. And that's just the top of her resume. Yeah. I mean, heck. She could probably sword fight pretty good, you know. I I wonder if that is a part. But I think the philosophy aspect to me is pretty awesome because that just shows that she's got a mind for people. And obviously she worked her way up in HP, she worked her way up in AT&T, and I think that is a very 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 important aspect of who she is is because that philosophy, you know, she's probably studied, you know, Aristotle and Socrates and all Plato, all those old school writers who were you know, very, very genuine and they had, you know, smart minds and they could write about it. And, and you know, call it what you want. It's just a college degree, whatever. But I think that's huge. And, you know, that that gives her a sense of, of humanist, that humanistic sense that is kind of missing. You know, a lot of these politicians yeah, are robotic. And I think that, you know, that's really going to help Carly um, in, you know, in the long run. One so. of the things that I'll, I'll throw out there and I think we'll, we'll move on that I, you know, I've talked about for the previous three candidates, or previous two candidates, excuse me, is picture this per- person sitting down with Vladimir Putin and having a, a, a uh, hard conversation. I like my odds on that. You know, if you, she comes across as, as very firm in, in the way she speaks. And if you listen to her in that debate, everything she said was extremely concise. There was no BS dancing around the questions. It was, I'm going to answer your question, and then I'm going to tell you why, and then I'm going to tell you why again. And so I think that for for Carly Fiorina is extremely, extremely important. So uh, before we move on to uh, some other stuff, we actually got a question. Question. Yeah. It's from from one of our buddy, uh, uh, Chaz English. Oh, yeah. Good friend of mine, Chaz. Hey, thanks for the shout out, Chaz. Yeah, Chaz. So um, I'm going to go ahead and just kind of repeat what he asked. There's actually, it's kind of a two-part question. So the first question he asked, it says, at the end of the day, biases and wishes aside, who will be the Republican and Democratic nominees? Chris? Boy, I it's early. You, I tell you what, I, I have been, I have been and still am, I have two candidates right now. One is Scott Walker, uh, who's the governor of Wisconsin, who I've been a big fan of for a long time. Uh, shout out to Nick Nash and Jim Martin on those who both agree with me. Um, I've, I've been a big fan of Scott Walker. And the other one is Rand Paul. And I, 
I really like Rand Paul because, uh, you know, he, he used to be theoretically in the Tea Party. Now he's, you know, whatever he considers himself. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a pretty conservative guy, borderline Tea Party, I, w- I will admit. Uh, and, then, and so those are my two. If I was voting tomorrow, I would vote Scott Walker. Now, with that being said, who do I see being, uh, being the candidate for the Republican Party? I, 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 the, the three that we've discussed tonight, I'm going to be honest, when it comes time to actually voting for president, I think Americans are going to have a really hard time voting for people who have never done it. Right. Because mm-hmm. being president of the United States is one hell of a job. Oh, yeah. And so I'm, I'm going to go, if I'm right now, I'm going Jeb Bush, I think. And I, I don't, you know, Jeb, I, I like him. Bush name's going to be hard to overcome. I'm gonna go Jeb Bush because I think he has. I think he has it in the tank. Once Trump, I think once Trump simmers down and all these other guys, I'm going Jeb Bush. My heart says my heart is still Scott Walker or Ben Carson. Uh, on the Democratic side, great question, Chaz. Uh, I I uh, I will be the first one to bash Hillary Clinton as well. And so I've I've said for months Hillary Clinton will not win the Democratic nomination, and it will be Joe Biden. Fair. I, uh, I'm going to have to, I'll start with the Democratic on that side. I, I agree. I think Joe Biden's going to throw in one. Uh, you know, he's just, you know, old Joe. He's just waiting for the, for the time where Hillary starts kind of going down, 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 even more so. And you got Bernie Sanders, who's obviously claiming he's the independent party and he doesn't want to go against Hillary, even though technically he's kind of on that running pole right now. Um, but I think it'd be huge if Joe Biden just flips that around and says, yeah, I'm going to go for president. Let me say one thing on that real fast before you jump off. One of the things that my dad has always said is Bernie's, the, the whole point of Bernie Sanders right now is to make Hillary Clinton look like a moderate. Yeah. You know, Bernie Sanders is about as far left as you know humanly possible. And Hillary Clinton is about two steps to the right of him. Hillary Clinton still, she's a socialist. She just doesn't claim it. So go back to your, go back to your point. <laughs> And so uh, I'm going to go to the, the Republican side, and I'm going to agree. I think, you know, the three people we've talked about tonight, they're great people. Uh, well, Donald Trump, he's out there on his own world. Uh, but Ben Carson, Carla Fiona, uh, they have, you know, uh, they have potential. But I'm going to go ahead and throw in the Marco Rubio vote. Wow, and I'll vote. tell you this why, because when Mitt Romney was running for the last president campaign, and they had the you know the GOP party saying you know Mitt's going he won the presidential campaign. Marco Rubio opened up for Mitt Romney in that speech, and there was something about the way he presented himself and what he talked about with Mitt Romney endorsing Mitt Romney that just kind of sparked something in me. And I said, you know what? If Mitt doesn't win this, I guarantee you that Marco Rubio is going to run the next presidential election. And here he is. Going out there on his campaign, and you know, I think he's got a younger mind to it all. Um, you know, while he sits more conservative and such, I think he has kind of that that mentality of being able to. Uh, he's he's not so right wing. You know, you got those old school GOP I like, people. I like right wing. To be honest, I, I like right wing. I, I get that, and so do I. I. You know, I just feel like there's some things that certain Republicans have to maybe you know, be a little bit more lenient on in certain situations if they actually want to be a potential candidate. And I think that, you know, Marco Rubio's got a good head on his shoulders. 
And uh, so, yeah, that's who I think is going to be uh, the, the GOP nominee for the Republican. You know what's funny is while we're answering this question, I just got a, a, a question in from Nick Nash of Lexington. He says, would Joe Biden be better than Hillary Clinton? Well, I think we both just addressed Absolutely. that. The other, so, the other is why hasn't anyone addressed that Bernie Sanders is a socialist? And you know what? We did that too. So here we are. We're giving you guys the facts. Yeah, you know, I mean, you we're know, informing you guys on the hot topics. So make sure you you stay you stay in the lurk. Yeah. So, Follow us on Twitter. I M P Politics. Um, and we'll go ahead and go into the second part of, of Chaz's question. And it says, Oh, two part. Yeah, it's I two part. Both. Go ahead. The economy is almost always the number one issue that voters name when asked what matters to them most. Assuming that holds true for the 2016 election. What do you all think will be the second most important issue for this election? Will it be immigration, gun control, etc.? That's a, that's a good And there question. was another one in there, but since we agreed not to talk about it, I'm going to go ahead and knock that all one right. off. So. Uh, that, <laughs> Sorry, Chess. That's, really, that's a really good question. And before, <clears throat> I jump, before we jump to the second issue, I do want to say something quickly about the first. Because I, this, the first is something that I am extremely passionate about is the economy. And I... I am always in the mindset of less, ta- less, less taxation is better for the economy. And one of the things that is my absolute pet peeve is when politicians on both sides of the aisle say this, is that under blank administration, we have created this many jobs. And other than the government, other than government jobs, you know, .gov email addresses per se, government doesn't create jobs. You know, it's, it's small business owners, it's companies like Walmart and other other big companies, they create the jobs. Mm-hmm. So uh, for the second for the second important issue, uh, I'm gonna have to say I guess taxation would fall under that. If you were to ask the Obama administration, I think it would be climate control, which we'll get to later. Uh, unfor- actually excuse me, that would be the first the first issue. I don't I'm gonna have to think Ham, what do you got? I, I gotta think on it for a second. Yeah. I uh it it honestly it, it almost varies you know like oh i got one it, immigration i think could be a a big one um you know i don't know why people aren't more concerned with you know foreign things that are happening with isis heck even those north korea tensions are getting pretty tough out there uh day by day um you know national security i, I don't know i i think immigration could be a pretty hot topic because you know regardless of of what side you agree with or, you know, do we build the wall? Do we, you know, do we deport the, the born, you know, the immigrants who were born here, whatever that is. Um, I think that's going to be kind of a hot talking point because I think it, it somewhat impacts, you know, a lot of the nation. So I, I, I'm going to go with immigration. I think, I think uh, Ham kind of talked on it is I think foreign policy is going to be huge. And I think foreign policy, uh, Chaz, to answer your question, may almost be bigger than the economy. Because I think that's going to play a huge part. You know this this whole thing with ISIS, and you have you know you have uh, military leaders coming out and saying that you know these airstrikes aren't doing well. Uh, one of the things that you'll see is that the Obama administration has put out the fact that you know we have killed a second in command for ISIS using airstrikes. And you know, don't get me wrong, great. That's you know that's good news. Uh, you know, for our security, not, you know, nobody wants people to die. I, w- right. I would say that. But for, for American safety, that's good news. But I don't think that's, that's not the answer right now. So to answer your question, Chaz, I think, I think uh, foreign policy is going to be number, 
number 1.5 or number 2 mm-hmm. or something along those lines. Awesome. Well, that's so. uh, appreciate your uh, question there, Chaz, and hopefully we, we gave you a good answer. Uh, so we're, we're going to go ahead and move on with our, our discussion. Um, you know, we've, we've talked about Trump madness. You know, do we think this is going to last very long? I, you know, I've, we've been saying for months that now ah, this Trump thing is it's not going to last long. And, man, you look at his numbers and they're skyrocketing. He's setting records in, you know, in uh, rallies in Alabama with over 30,000 people. Yeah, he did sell out. You that. know, that's that's a lot of people. Uh, what what do you think on this, on Trump throwing the guy out of out of his interview the other day? Yeah, it was a little much. Uh, what the media, of course, doesn't want to show you is the rest of that interview. So if you actually watch the What do you think, what do you think thing, was a little much? Explain that a little bit. What I think was a little much was that, you know... He had to straight call him out for being a member of the Univision. Uh, while it might have been true, um, this guy did initiate it. He was very rude. He was intolerant. He was oh, intolerant. I shouldn't use that word with Trump. He was uh, not really respecting his, um, you know, the press conference. And uh, at that point, it's it's kind of like, well, if this guy's interrupting my speech, I'm gonna throw him out too. Like, personally, if I was giving a speech and someone was rude and not listening and not waiting their turn, and you had the power, and I had the out. power to kick you out, I'm going to kick your ass out. Like, this is my meeting. I will get to you if you have a question. And, you know, if you watch, if you watch it, Trump actually let the guy back in to ask his question. Yeah. So, of course, they want to show and pinpoint Trump as being this, like, bad guy who kicked this guy out, and this and guy never got to give he his was, point. I believe he was uh, Latino. He, 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 he did have that accent, he I'm was, assuming. Uh, I'm pretty positive he was a Univision employee, though. Yeah, That's the, the irony was. of it, that, that Trump knew that. But it's just more the fact that, like, yes, initially this guy was very rude, and Trump kicked him out and was like, go back to Univision. That was, that was definitely off. He didn't need to say that. But the fact is, is he let the guy in, the guy was able to ask his questions, and the conference went on. Like, that was it. But it, it, I don't know. I, I just think it's been overblown, and now this guy's sure. coming back and trying to make it a big deal. And it's like, well, you were the one being rude, and you got to ask your question. So what else do you want? Like you're looking for a handout because that's apparently how everyone wants to do things yeah, nowadays. For sure. And I, just I, move on. Like go on with it. Let's it's, look at bigger issues. Exactly. Know? I think Who I think Ham absolutely addressed it the way I would. So uh, no need to repeat verbatim what he's going to say. The other thing I want to touch on briefly. Is is this whole this whole Trump versus uh, uh, Megyn Kelly incident? I, she's hot. She she she's attractive. She's, she's definitely you know she definitely gets my attention. Uh, she, but she, she's extremely sharp. You know when you oh, yeah. when you watch the Kelly file, she knows what she's talking about. I'm really not sure. On I have I'm gonna I'm gonna tender this to both sides of the argument. One, I don't think Megyn Kelly had the right to come out with a question that she did to Donald Trump. In the start of the the debate, it seemed a little personal. To yeah, me. I, and uh, don't get me wrong, we're going to look at both sides of Trump. I'm going to tell you why I don't like him, but when he's treated unfair, and I'm going to do this for every candidate, when if they're treated unfair, I don't, I'm a, you know, we can't let this happen. And I think Megyn Kelly is was way too smart to give that low of a blow. But on the same hand, what is Donald Trump doing taking shots at Megyn Kelly? You know what? Let's let's move on to something else. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think there's a lot of stuff going on that you can talk about that it's, you know, Trump doesn't need to be wasting his time going after anyone who wants to say something negative about him. I mean, people are going to say negative things about him. If he spends all of his time going after these people, he's going to be wasting his breath. So I, at what, agreed. At what point do you just let it go and just yeah. move on with it? I don't know. All right, next, next thing to discuss. What is up with the newest Clinton scandal? 
And one of the things that got very little attention is uh, Hillary Clinton appointed a member of the of Planned Parenthood to her campaign trail. Now, like we said, you know, we're really not going to focus on the the religion and race aspects, but you take something that is extremely extremely uh, controversial and you bring a member of that party onto your campaign after that. I mean, that's that's kind of ballsy. Not a super great look. Um, it's a bold strategy. Bold cotton. strategy, Cotton. You so know, you know, I don't so, think she can get away with the hair on this one. Yeah, I don't. I don't either. The other thing I think is funny, uh, you know. Hillary Clinton making a joke of using a towel uh, to wipe to wipe her uh, email server. I don't think this is really a joking matter. No, not Did, really. was there an input there from Tally of South Park to just kind of wipe you know wipe away the uh, server? I I don't know. The other thing I think is really funny about Hillary, she went on a hundred thousand dollar vacation uh, that she left early because her tra- her campaign was just you know plummeting. Ham, when was the last time you went on a hundred thousand dollar vacation? Uh, let me think. Uh, probably never. Do you think you've even made $100,000 in your life? No. And so, to say that you're kind of a common... Yeah. Well, yeah. Once this podcast gets big, $100,000 is out the window. Buckets. But, but to say you're one of the commoners and you're going on $100,000 vacations, I mean... Yeah. Come on. Well, especially when the whole Clinton family, quote-unquote, went into bankruptcy. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. You know, all that crap. And here they are. $750,000 of... Per yeah. speech she gave. That's fine. Seven hundred fifty thousand. That's fine. I'm gonna start doing that too. It'll be fine. All right. Next issue: Joe Biden entering the race. We've discussed this a little bit, and we got a few points on on this. Uh, I think I think Joe. I've I put this on Twitter. I think he's gonna enter the race here in the next couple weeks. Uh, it's his time before everything kind of gets. You know, I heard. Excuse me. We have five months until the first uh, primary. Uh, one of the things the Obama administration, for those of you who don't know, Joe Biden actually sat down with uh, President Obama last week to discuss uh, to discuss his uh, run. The Obama, excuse me, the Obama administration says they will endorse a candidate before the Democratic primary. Now, Ham, I'll give you my opinion, and then I'm going to ask you yours. How does the Obama administration endorse? You, you got to remember that both of these people were picked by the president. You know, one of them is his vice president, the number two in charge, and one of them is the Secretary of State. I'm not sure what number that is. But I want to say it's like uh, four or five in charge. You know, so so both of these people he has ties to in selecting them, so they're not both voted. Uh, what do you think? What do you think he does? I think you have to endorse your second in command. You know, your Joe Biden, his track record, you know, is foot in, foot in the mouth Biden. But other than that, look at Hillary. I mean, the numbers for her, she's she's almost losing to Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. What do you think? You know, I think with with Hillary's you know email campaign coming out or the email drama, whatever, that's obviously hurting her and. You know, I think a lot of people have respect for Joe Biden. You know, he he's been kind of a little bit quieter as a VP, but you know, I think he's got uh, enough respect and enough pull behind him that, um, you know, the Obama campaign could come out, the Obama administration could come out and endorse Joe B, and you know, I, I think he can get a little froggy in there. Yeah. You know, I, I think he can shake things up, and it's interesting to say that too because I think if he entered the race, uh, you you wouldn't necessarily see. 
I don't know if you would necessarily see Hillary's numbers go drastically. I think those numbers would split between Hillary and and Bernie, even though Bernie's an independent. You know, I think you would see Joe Biden come out hot, and he would, you know, probably jump ahead pretty high. Yeah. And I then you'd so. kind of see Hillary and Bernie kind of trickle off. You know, I um, would like for those of you who are listening out there, if if we have some Hillary Clinton fans. Oh yeah. S- send us an email and tell us why why you're still voting for Hillary. Absolutely. Because to be quite honest, I don't know how you can because her track record and what's coming out. I know, I, you know, I know it's the time of year where we all start digging dirt on on anybody and everybody, but you know she's got forty years of dirt that's going to be dug up. But man, when you look at Benghazi, you look at uh, her email scandal, you look at just go down the line. You know, at, at some just so at IMP politics. Tweet at us or send us an email, improperpolitics1776 at gmail.com, yep. and let us know. And uh, it will be interesting, so something we can talk about next time. So apparently tonight they're, uh, they're going to release some more information about you know the email server that uh, they've conducted. So, um, yeah, so we're going to go ahead and go on. Um, let's see. Uh, one fun, fun kind of cool story. Uh, Surprise story, really. Uh, many of you may have heard that there is uh, three American or three three people who stopped the mass shooting from happening. Yeah, that's um, that's cool. Two two of them were um, Amer- Three of them were the three of them that were ex. I'm or, gonna say one of them was British, maybe. I know two of them two released were from the armed forces. American armed forces. Yeah. And then there was another guy who was just a civilian, and uh, they ended up finding this guy, seeing this guy trying to you know pull guns on a train and they tackled him beat the crap out of him the one guy got a couple knife slashes on his arm but uh the three of them really nothing nothing terribly injury no terrible injuries and they actually prevented a huge huge like mass yeah, shooting from happening you know, and that's we, dope we want to give a lot of props yeah to those no guys. doubt those guys are you know the the two who are americans the three who you know all the people who are involved that's just badass and you know that's that's the kind of story you want to hear. Yeah, so. one of the things that was also on that they, the guy uh, who actually attacked the the uh, train he, he came on with an assault rifle. They tackled him, and while he was going down, he actually pulled out a knife and ended up like you mentioned. He stabbed stabbed one of the guys a couple times, but he also cut uh, one of the the civilians on the train. And so since these these guys were uh, you know trained in the armed forces, they knew how to re- repair field injuries and exactly what a knife cut is a field injury so they actually saved this guy's life uh right there on the plane so it's a it's a really really cool story yep so so moving on uh to something that's uh much more lighthearted. chris christie came out uh be honest i'm not a huge chris christie fan um but we'll but we're still going to discuss him chris christie said that that we should follow immigrants like fedex packages what now (laughs) When you think about the idea you of me. you know following people around, I I like the idea of knowing where every you know every immigrant and illegal alien who comes to this country. It's good to know where they are, but using the word FedEx packages. That yeah that that. Uh, but, okay, so what what word would you use to describe that? I wouldn't even compare. I wouldn't even compare it to that. You know, I why do you need to track? I don't understand this whole tracking thing. Like. It's not like they're animals. It's not like you're going around tagging sharks. No, like but you want to have week. people running around in your country who are not paying taxes. Well, absolutely not. But at the same time, it, I mean, how are you going to do that? You, you know, know what? Know. What would you do? I. That's why I'm not in uh, his position. But I definitely wouldn't compare another person, immigrant or not, to 
FedEx package. Like that yeah. seems a little drastic. Yeah. You know, it it's not the right analogy by any means, but you know, there's got to be some way to 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 do that. I, I don't know, but that that's just an interesting tidbit yeah, there from a boy Chris Christie out in New Jersey. All right, so we have we have another question from Carl from Lexington. Has anyone noticed that the major problems facing the U.S. today are pretty much the same ones as seven years ago? Skyrocketing national debt, deficits, border chaos, rising health care costs, punishing regulations, and and tax climate for for businesses forcing multinational companies to consider locations and employees outside. This is a really long sentence. The U.S. radical Islamic threat, and you name the rest. The president proudly claims the Affordable Health Care Act he doesn't refer to it as Obamacare anymore. So uh, he ends with go, Barry, go. So obviously we have a huge Obama lover here. Uh, but you look at the problems are the same now as they were as they were then. And so, uh, you know, I think one of the things one of the things that we haven't really spent any time talking about, and Chaz, I think this kind of goes back to your question. One of the things uh, that I think the Republican Party is going to spend a lot of time on is the national debt. Oh, yeah. And I want to, you know, I can't remember the exact numbers. I know we're close to seventeen and a half, eighteen trillion dollars in debt. Growing a day. Yeah, and millions I, in debt. I want to say that's double what it was when President Obama entered, and and here we have a president who is saying climate change is our most important issue, and I and I don't want to say climate change isn't important, but at some it, point you just got to realize to stop spending money. The problem is, is that. We're America, and we want to have the biggest, baddest, everything. And, you know, it's it's hard to, you know, I, I couldn't even fathom having to try to figure out how do you cut spending? How do you, you know, you cut spending, and then education gets hurt. You cut spending, and then, you know, people lose jobs, like that kind of sense. You know, it's not like you can just default on it because it's trillions of dollars. Like, yeah. well, that would be terrible. But at, at what point do we have to start realizing that this is, you know, a big problem? And I, I do want to say one thing. I don't, I don't want to be ignorant in the fact that, you know, we understand a lot of this comes from Congress too. So, oh, yeah. and and Republicans have are now holding both the House and the Senate. They held the they held the House uh, the previous two years. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this isn't just this isn't just the Obama administration. Now, do I think that they're they're helping? Uh, no, absolutely not. But I do think uh, that that just blaming Obama is not the right way. So uh, we will give whatever credit uh, where credit is due. So I hope that answers your question there, Carl. Uh, all right, that kind of wraps up our our discussion of the meat of of yep. the podcast. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna close with two different segments. One, uh, the the first one will be a president a day. We'll keep the doctor away, and the other will be. Uh, the very last will be pointless politics. Uh, oh, excuse me. We'll have trivia time, uh, and then the and then pointless politics. Yeah. So, uh, just just a few minutes left here. Uh, past presidents are one of those things that are always forgotten about. You learn about them in school, but once you grow up, you just simply forget about them. So we're gonna do we're gonna do a president a podcast this week. We decided to look for somebody random, but yet somebody that people would know, and we decided to go with the fan favorite of Teddy Roosevelt. Good old Teddy. So, Teddy was he was uh, the he was the first governor of New York for two years, and then he was elected vice president in 1901 for William McKinley. He was assassinated in March. Uh, excuse me, McKinley was assassinated in March 1901. So, uh, so Roosevelt was president from 1901 to 1909. Um, he decided that in the 1908 election he was not going to run. 
for president simply because uh, he felt that uh, Taft was going to be a great um, was going to be was going to follow his footsteps in the progressive movement, and so he just kind of handed the reins over to him. And one of the things I think is really funny, imagine imagine uh, Barry O saying this to Joe Biden, you know, right now. Uh, uh, Roosevelt says this to Taft, "Dear Will, do you want any any action?" Excuse me. Do you want any action about those federal officials? I will break their necks with the utmost cheerfulness if you say the word. Now imagine Biden saying the word, and Obama goes out and starts busting heads. But uh, I'd like to see that. Yeah, I know. I bet Barry can scrap. Do you think? So anyway, so he believes Taft is going to be a young prodigy for himself, but he ends up not being one. Uh, so, so uh, Roosevelt start starts the Bull Moose Party in 1912, which actually ended up splitting the Republican vote in that election, allowing Woodrow Wilson. Uh, to win, to win the nomination, and one of the things I think is important about that is if you had a Republican president, uh, for those you know, if you haven't put the time periods together, that would have been the era of you know you had World War One was at the end of the teens there, so uh, you know and and, and uh, excuse me, Wilson was very hesitant to get into World War One, so if you had a Republican president, you know maybe we would have gotten in, uh, so I don't know, but. I, I heard you have some fun facts for us. I do. Um, some pretty good fun facts, actually. Um, so, well, this is kind of depressing, but it is a fact. So, his wife and mother both died on Valentine's Day in 1884. So, that would suck, losing your mom and your wife on the, you know, the the same day. Especially Valentine's Day. And that's terrible. I don't know why that's on our list, but hey, fact for you. Fun fact. Trivia. Um, he liked to skinny dip. In the Potomac River. In what boat? From his presidential yacht. Presidential yacht. If I had a presidential yacht, I would probably skinny dip a lot too. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, that'd be interesting. And think about the time period. That's that's pretty free spirit, and that's pretty cool. Um, he was also a member of the Hasty Pudding Club, along with John Adams, John Quincy Adams, FDR, and JFK. So that's an also kind of an interesting tidbit. The, the, uh, the Pudding of- Club actually began in like... I want to say I think it was 1795, and all these all these members actually went to Harvard, and every every meeting casual. at the start, yeah, casual. Uh, two members would have to bring their favorite pudding. So uh, a little fun fact there, and one of the things you know you always picture Teddy Roosevelt. I believe he started a lot of the national parks. I want to say, can you? Can you well, anyway, he was a very outgoing person. Maybe he lo- he was a huge outdoorsman. He volunteered. He volunteered when he was fifty-eight to lead infantry in World War One. Now that's that's pretty respectable. Uh, Woodrow Wilson actually didn't let him, but uh, but it's it's an interesting fact. So yeah, trivia time. Trivia time. So the the trivia of today. I don't know if I'm ready for this. Is we we have a list of ranking every U.S. president by their net worth. So now we'll. I want to see if you can guess. The president oh, with gosh. the highest, the highest, and Ham hasn't seen this, no. so he doesn't. So he's guessing. It's not. I don't think you're going to get it. But go ahead. You got a one in forty-four shot. I mean, can you repeat the question? I already forgot. Yeah, it's uh, the 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 site ranks every U.S. president by net worth. So what? Who do you think is the richest president of all time? And obviously, this does uh, include inflation. Inflation. Whew. I don't know. I mean, you got to think about 
I mean, the Bush family, they've got a lot of money. There's two of them. The Clinton family, I think, well, they used to have money. I don't know about <laughs> that. And then... 750000 a show. I think he gets... I want to, it's either But see, Ronald Reagan, he was an actor, too, and maybe that's dumb logic. I don't right. know. I, I don't know. All right, give us an I'm answer. I'm going to throw a curveball out there. I'm going to say Jimmy Carter. Jimmy Carter. No, absolutely not. Uh, Tell I, me who it was. I don't think he was even in the top five or ten. But uh, oh, okay. But Good fun time. fact. So it is John F. Kennedy. Hot. Okay. Kennedy. That makes a lot of sense. His net worth was $1 billion. Yeah. Well, so... You know, it's still worth a lot. It's still prominent Kennedy today. Kennedy family's got money. Number two, can you guess number two? You might have to go back a ways. Abraham Lincoln. Good guess. George Washington. Huh. Number three to 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 bring in the bronze medal, Thomas Jefferson, at two hundred and twelve million. So, fun facts there about uh, some of our. Oh, and actually, uh, I just saw this as I was flipping through. Uh, our boy Teddy Roosevelt comes in at number four. So hey, there we go. We, we didn't know that until uh, we were flipping through. Awesome. I think we got just enough time for uh, a little plug about uh, what are we calling this? Pointless, pointless politics. Pointless politics. Uh, this is something that we're going to talk about every podcast. That's just something that's just completely dumb. And today, breaking is about breaking, breaking news. news. Breaking is news. Mount McKinley is now dubbed Mount Denali due to the Obama administration and pulling his exact powers. Now, okay, Mount McKinley goes back to, you know, President McKinley, and Ohio Congress pretty much, oh yeah, Jimmy Carter was 25. He, just just before we to get back on this, he's worth Digress. $7 million. He's worth $7 million. Uh, President Obama is also $7 million, oh, So okay. Anyways, so... Obama pulled his power moves. He rolled up the sleeves and said, I'm president. I'm going to name this Mount Denali. And you know why? Because for 70-some years, the state of Alaska, the native Alaskans, have been pushing for the, um, for the mountain to be called Denali um, because it means something in their native tongue. It's something about being high or the high point or whatever. And Ohio actually has been kind of the reason why it's always stayed Mount McKinley because it's named after President McKinley. And today, Obama said, no, 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 I'm the president and I'm going to call this Denali. And that just is, it's pointless. Like, yeah, like he, it, it doesn't, and he's using it as a publicity stunt to to showcase climate change the and the fact that right now. the Arctic people and Alaskan people are suffering and they're going to be suffering and there's all these big changes and it, it's just kind of a joke. Like really, that's the shit you're going to be worried about right now is changing the name of a mountain that's been called Mount McKinley for a hundred years. Like it, it just kind of blows my mind and it, you know what? I think Denali is a cool name, but really like I know people that have climbed Mount McKinley and they're like, yeah, I've climbed Mount McKinley. I don't know. It's just Denali, McKinley. I mean, I know it, it changed to Denali National Park, so I get that. It, it runs uniform. But anyways, well, great. That's yeah. our pointless politics of the day. So that wraps us up. That uh, does. For the, for the first podcast. You know, yes. I, I didn't think we'd actually we'd actually do it. Yeah. And here we and are, here we an are. hour in. Yep. We hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, yep. Make sure you follow us at IMP Politics. Uh, send us an email at ImproperPolitics1776. Yep at gmail.com so uh thank you guys for listening and yeah. uh you know we hope to get some more some more interactions and some more people on the on the phones and make sure to know. spread the word yeah remember do your duty to inform the uninformed take care